everybody. Welcome to another new edition of T Watches a Scary Movie. I'm T, and of course, we are talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new edition of the show. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And of course, you can find the video versions of the show, the audio versions of the show, and other great stuff through my link tree. So if you go to linktr.com, .ee slash T scary movie. That'll give you access to my TikTok page for my horror videos, to my letterbox page for my written reviews, uh, to the YouTube page for the video versions of the show, and to your favorite podcasting platforms if you need the audio only versions. And because I put out more than one review throughout the week, you definitely want to hit that subscribe button and hit that like button as well. Uh, what are we talking about tonight? I'm going to be discussing Vampire's Kiss. I'm keeping it up, folks. We're talking about a lot of like romantic horror somewhat, as well as a lot of black history horror this month as well, too. Recently, I got a chance to talk about Death by Temptation, uh, Warm Bodies, Sugar Hill, Lisa Frankenstein. And coming up, I'm going to be talking about Eve's Bayou, Ganja and Hess, Return of the Living Dead 3. So you definitely want to get subscribed so you don't miss out on any of those. Now, with Vampire's Kiss, this is a movie that I've known about forever at this point, but it's not one that I really wanted to see because growing up, I was always under the impression that this was just a straight-up comedy. And I'm going to be honest, I actually mixed up this movie quite often with, uh, with Love Bites, that's the Jim Carrey one, and then with the movie that Nick Cage did right before uh, Vampire's Kiss, Moonstruck. For whatever reason, I always got the three of these movies all confused. And I think all of us have seen a meme or a gif from Vampire's Kiss at one point in time or another. Like, honestly, this might be the movie where you get the most Nicolas Cage memes and gifs from compared to anything else. Con Air, nah, not happening. Uh, we're talking, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, the Wicker Man, nah, get out of here. It is Vampire's Kiss, and if you look it up, I guarantee you'll remember that you've used a meme or a gif at some point over the last few years. Now, the story here actually is an interesting one that as we get later into the film that's when the movie actually really really gets like gripping it's a story of a literary agent peter lowe who is just obsessed with the grind like he's working all the time he's focused on making the most money that he possibly can and then he flips that in his nightlife by being just like a club kid and hitting the club all the time. Like finding somebody to talk to and hook up with. Doesn't matter if it's drugs, if it's liquor, if it's women. Peter Lowe is just stuck in this routine. And it's very, very clear that he is dealing with a lot of mental health issues. There's a lot of stress coming at Peter. There's some paranoia that's coming out of him as well, too. And it's starting to make him act absolutely insane. So one random night when he has a one night stand with a girl he meets at a club and it turns out this woman might be a vampire, Peter starts exhibiting all of these vampiristic tendencies and now i say he starts exhibiting them as in he does them they're not they, they may or may not be happening but he's the one that's putting them out there and the bulk of the movie is us seeing peter's transformation into a vampire as every night goes by he's becoming more and more depraved with his actions both at home at work and even in the club at this point and this apparent vampire mistress of his that he keeps seeing, who keeps biting him, comes to him in his dreams and when he's awake and he can't tell what is real at this point. And 
I'm going to be honest, you know, going through the first part of this movie, I didn't find myself really enjoying a lot of it. And I think a good a good portion of that was because uh, it's a lot of over the top Nicolas Cage acting. And I saw that as a bad thing until we got to the back half of the movie where then it starts to make just a little bit more sense because I didn't pick that up. I didn't pick it up in the first half, all the stress and everything that was going on in his head. And then when you think about it, it's very, very apparent that the way that Peter starts acting after he's bitten by this vampire is very much a, uh, like it's, it's a, it's from the, it's a symptom of what he's dealing with in his everyday life. And I, I think that I had the preconceived notion that I just wanted like a straight up vampire film. Like I, I thought, you know, Nicolas Cage would get bit and, you know, maybe there'd be some like Van Helsing type character trying to hunt the vampire down and trying to hunt him down. But that's not what it is. This movie is very much focusing on the mental health of this literary agent who has completely broke. He's come upon a psychotic break and that has made him believe that he very well might be a vampire. Now, whether that's true or not, you have to watch the movie to actually find out but by the end of the movie it's hard not to feel like enthralled by everything that's gone down at this point because uh, uh peter continually makes these choices worse and worse and worse throughout the film he's abusive to his secretary played by uh maria uh, conchita alonza and uh, that ends up hitting a bit of a head by the end of the movie as well that sets off like the big ending of the film and you know he's harassing people that he meets in the club and he meets on the street and you know people that he's dated before and it's just showing Peter falling more and more and more apart with everything that he's going through in life and it's one of those things to where in today's day and age you know this person might just quit because very clearly they're going insane by their job and their personal life and somebody like that would just quit and just like start over get away maybe go to therapy and Peter does see a therapist but it's very interesting to see this through the lens of uh, lens of how that was looked at at the time because back in the 80s therapy isn't exactly considered to be the strongest thing it's not really a science at that point and it's very clear that Peter doesn't really take it that like that serious either even though he's seeing this therapist every week but then comes the question is, is he actually seeing a therapist as well too? This movie is a legitimate trip, honestly, because again, through the first half of the movie, I think you could be pretty positive that Peter just seems insane. And this is obviously somebody who's not dealing with things very well at all. But again, in the second half of the film, we're given so much more information. We see so many other things about Peter. And again, this vampire mistress that we have to question well, was the first half accurate at all of what they were showing? Because a lot of like stuff that Peter's doing gets revealed. We get the curtain kind of pulled back a bit and it really will make you question a lot of what else is going on. Now, this movie is really famous because again, if you've seen the means and see the gifts, like Nick Cage is going for it in this one. And I was tweeting about it like the other, the other night when I watched the first half of it because I couldn't make it through. It was super late at night. And I was like, what is this accent that this man is doing right now? And the accent gets uh, gets progressively like bigger and deeper as he uh, uh, as he like gets more and more into his madness. And then again, by the end, it's funny, but it's funny because you kind of realize exactly why the accent is there. The early parts, it just seems so silly, honestly. But Nick Cage commits 100% to it. And I think that's kind of the good thing about so many Nick Cage movies that are out there is 
whether you like the movie or not overall he commits with a like with a ferocity and like with such like an earnesty to any role he's playing he's willing to be vulnerable and not have to look like good look like he's this strong guy he's willing to make himself look dumb and i love that about nick cage and the roles that he ultimately chooses now in terms of like what we're looking for in this movie like in in scares and gore and things like that I will say that it can get pretty bloody in certain places, especially towards the end. There's there's one scene in the club that Nick ends up going to that's that'll really kind of stick with you after the movie is done. But outside of that, I would say that the movie itself doesn't really set it itself up to like scare you ultimately. And again, that's fine because the point of the movie is really focusing on one man's descent of his mental health the fact that he's just going more and more insane so it's okay it's okay that it's not really that scary and again like we've talked about before we don't grade these on the amount of scares that are in them but it's definitely one that you should do yourself a favor and check out especially if you are using any of the photos and videos from this film you need to go and watch it for yourself so you can say that you did okay and tell me in the comments section do you feel better for it? Now that you're using all the memes and gifts, do you feel better that you've watched Vampire's Kiss? I want to know, folks. So go and check it out for yourself and let me know your thoughts on it in that comment section here on YouTube. But that is going to do it for me tonight, folks. I am wishing you all a happy Valentine's Day. Go watch something scary and loving and make sure to hit that subscribe button and be back here for more great reviews I have coming up for you over the next week, folks. My name is T. We'll be talking scary movies. Stay scared. Hey, everybody. Looking for a great way to stay up to date on horror news as well as read the best of articles on anything scary out in the world right now? Then you need to head over to the Fangoria shop and get yourself a subscription. If you go to shop.fangoria.com slash AXDW, you can use my own personalized 20% discount to save 20% off on Fangoria Magazine subscriptions, as well as 20% off any other items in their fantastic shop. This is a great deal. If you've ever been wanting to get yourself a subscription, now is the time to do so. Head to shop.fangoria.com slash AXDEW.